Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Hallelujah. All right, so um, I have a lot. I'll try to see how we can finish up tonight on the secrets of greatness and um, just build on that. We're going to read a couple of um, scriptures and then I'll start building from there. So today we're looking at skillfulness and the believer. Skillfulness and the believer. We talked about the place of skill in the life of the believer. That if you want to access the greatness that God has for you, there has to be a dimension of skill that is um, put into place in your personal life as a child of God. Praise God. So we're going to read four scriptures and then we're going to build from there. Please, let's go to Exodus chapter 36 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 36 and verse 1. In Exodus chapter 36 and verse 1, um, it was talking about the building of a tabernacle. And Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan. Now, the word gifted there is actually skillful, right? But let's say gifted artisan, okay, in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do all according to all that the Lord has commanded. Now, I want you to use the King James Version. The King James Version. This is the New King James. Let's use the King James Version. Okay. Now, then wrought Bezalel and Ahuelab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord had put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. Now, I want you to observe the word to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary. Now, let's go to verse 2, and then we're going to stop at verse 3. That Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and work, and they received from Moses all the offering that the children of Israel brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary. And so they continued to bring him free will offerings every morning. But the emphasis I want you to pick here, first of all, is that this was actually the building of the tabernacle. And even though it was a tabernacle that is going to be built or the sanctuary that is going to be built, the Lord didn't just allow any kind of person to come build it. There were people who could actually do the work that the Lord brought to come and work in building the tabernacle. Let's go to Exodus 31 and verse 1. You can go back to the New King James Version now. Exodus chapter 31. And now we're going to read verse 1. Exodus 31 verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. See, I've called 
by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting, in carving wood, right? And to work in all manner of workmanship. So you find out that there was specific requirements of the things that this man was going to do because he was skillful at them. And even though they were building the tabernacle, the Lord did not just say anybody can come and build. Praise God. Even though it was the tabernacle, I mean, God wants everybody to serve, but there was a dimension of skill that was required. First Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 22. First Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 22. First Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 22. First Chronicles 15 verse 22. Shenaniah, the leader of the Levites, was instructor in charge of music because he was skillful. Praise God. Are you still here? It says, Shenaniah, the leader of the Levites, was instructor in charge of music. Why was he the instructor in charge of music? Because he was the first to join the church. Come on, talk to me. Because he was the first to join the church? Because he was close to the pastor? No. Why was he the leader of music? Because he was skillful. So you realize that even when it came to the music of the Old Testament, it wasn't just like, oh, anybody can come. No, a skill was required. And that's why he was made the leader of the Levites. The Bible says he was skillful in singing or skillful in music. Praise God. Now, there were people who were doorkeepers. Barakeah and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. You know, there were guys who had to hold the door. They didn't want the doorkeepers to become the singers. If you wanted to sing, then you had to be skillful there. You know, and we always have that problem in church because every time we try to tell people within the context of church that you need to raise your game, you need to raise the bar, you need to get skillful in the thing you're doing in church, then people get offended. Because they feel, well, this is the house of God, I can serve the way I can serve. Yes, you can serve the way you can serve, but if you're skillful, it will enhance the service of God. Are we still together? Talk to me now. Are we still together? So, go, go back to verse 22. Go back to verse 22. I need you to see this. Shenaniah, leader of the Levites, was instructor in charge of the music because he was skillful. So, you realize that he was made a music director because he had built his skill, because he was skillful. So, we cannot undermine the place of skill in our service of God. Any department you're holding, any place you're working, whether you're in the finance department, the accounting department, the singing department, the ushering, the traffic controllers, whatever you're doing, when it comes to the house of God, you have to be skillful in it. We cannot build credible, um, um, we, can, we, cannot, we cannot just say because we want to offer service to God, we offer it haphazardly. No, in studying this today, it really stirred my heart in a different direction, even as a minister of the gospel. Praise the name of the Lord. So you realize that this man was made um, the, in the charge, he was put in charge of the music. One thing the Bible tells us is because he was skillful. So his skill was what qualified him. 
Praise the name of the Lord. You know, it will be, you know, I mean, no, very few people will be able to handle it if you come in, for instance, you come into the church and you want to sing in the choir, and then they tell you the next day, well, we don't think your skill can handle the choir. You go serve somewhere as a doorkeeper or somewhere. How many of you know that so many people will not come back to the church? Yeah, because they'll feel offended. Why? Because they feel, well, if it's the house of God, we can manage anything. Isn't it amazing how we want to manage things when it comes to the service of God, but we don't want to manage things in other secular places? Praise the name of the Lord. Everything we do for God, we must do it excellently. Praise the name of God. Let it be a personal, um, let it be a personal ethics that whatever we do for God, we will do it excellently. If you're called into the music ministry, for instance, get stretch yourself, improve on your skill. Don't just let yourself that way and feel well. It's for God. No, go after it. Be the best at what you do. Praise God. Let's go to First Chronicles twenty-five and verse six. So I just want to read all these scriptures and then we can. This is going to be very practical. I want to get to the practical aspect of it. Okay, I said First Chronicles what? 25. Let's read verse 6. Getting your skill up. First Chronicles 25 verse 6. Praise God. And all these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord. With cymbals, string instruments, and harp for the service of the Lord, Asaph, Jeduthun, and Haman were under the authority of the king. So, the number of them with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord all were skillful. How many of them were skillful? I can't hear you. How many of them were skillful? All so we didn't have some that were skillful and some that were not skillful. It says all were skillful, all who were skillful was 288. So we had 288 skillful musicians singing for the Lord. All 288 of them were skillful. We're looking at the place of skill and the believer. So your talent is not enough. Your anointing is not enough. Your talent and your anointing, you have to also have skill. And sometimes that is our greatest undoing as we engage the earth. We're all anointed, we're all talented, but at the level of skill, we drop the by bit. And see all these musicians, the Bible says they were skillful. All who were skillful, they were the ones that were instructed to sing the song of the Lord. If in the Old Testament it was required to function, how much more in the New Testament? Praise God. And this is not just about functioning in the house of the Lord. Set it as a personal operating system for your life. That you will get skillful at whatever the Lord has called you to do. Praise God. Are you still there? Let's read one more. 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse 6. 1st Kings chapter 5 and verse 6. Don't be satisfied with doing things haphazardly. Taking years upon years upon years upon years and there's no improvement. 1st Kings chapter 5 and verse 6. Are you there? I said 1st Kings chapter what? Chapter 5, okay, and verse 6. 
Now therefore, command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon, and my servants will be your servants. This is King Solomon. And I'll pay your wages for your servants according to whatever you say. Can you see this? According to whatever you say. For you know that there's none among us who has skill to cut timber like the Sidonians. Can you imagine? This is King Solomon, the wisest king in all the earth at that time. He looks at this group of guys and says, listen, whatever you name your prize is what I'm going to pay you because nobody can cut wood like you guys. These guys, their skill was just in how to cut wood. There is no profession that is less if you have developed skills in it. I mean, this, this word tonight is a personal challenge to you not to end this year without getting more skillful. Look at what Sol- Solomon says, whatever you ask for, I'm going to... And what, what, what was Solomon going to pay these people for? Just how to cut wood. And Solomon was... <laughs> in fact, it's amazing Solomon says that you know out of the whole country, nobody can cut wood like you guys. The Sidonians were known for cutting wood. That's how skillful they were in cutting wood. But I know, you know, some people will sit back and say, what is there in wood cutting? This is not just the cutlass. You know, there are many people who live their lives that way. Very mediocre in everything. Very mediocre. Average. Everything is average. They manage everything. They manage a failing life. They manage everything. Average. Never raising their game. Why? Because they feel, well, if the Lord wants to favor me, the Lord can do it. Yes, the Lord can, but the Lord can do it more for you if you get skillful. Imagine King Solomon having to come and hire these people just because they can cut wood. And Solomon says, nobody, we know, no one can cut wood like you guys. And whatever you name your price, we're going to pay. Why would you sit back and allow your life to waste away because you're too lazy to work on your skills? Why would you sit back? We live in a very competitive world. Praise God. We live in a very competitive world. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling him, you see, the way the world is right now, we're just... Um, done, done the, the roofing of the parsonage and then we had to get people from outside to come do it not just because I mean they provided better expertise at even a cheaper rate far better expertise than what we had in the main auditorium and then I was just saying that the fact that you are in this environment right does not even mean that if there are job opportunities it will be given to you that's what the world has become right now. Because with communication, with technology, somebody in Abuja, somebody in Lagos can bid for the same job you're doing here. And they can come here while you are saying, this is our land, this is our land, this is our land. You can be saying that constantly. They'll come, get the job done, get the money, go back home, and you're still here saying, this is our land. Then the highest you're going to do is to tie palm fronts in front of... Uh, in front of companies and then you now start carrying juju all over the place until they now act because that's the only skill that 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 we are strong in 
So you must understand that whatever you're doing, you have to raise your game. Technology has made it in such a way that you're not the only one that, that it can do the same thing at that level. So actually, you are in a competition against very global standards. Praise God. Machines have been developed to replace human beings in certain jobs. So you must up your game. If not, you will be poor. Look at what Solomon told these guys. He says, name whatever price you want. I'm going to pay you because I know no one can cut wood like your guys. That's what brought their value. That's, that's what increased their financial remuneration. It wasn't a prayer point for them. Rather, it was the development of their skills. Are you still with me? I said, are you still with me? So you must make sure that you are getting better at whatever you do. That if someone will call for you, they will say, name your price. Get better at whatever you do. In that company, be the best that can get that job done. Don't just go to work with the attitude of, oh, today's what, 16. In two weeks' time, they'll pay me. If you do that one day, they won't pay you. They'll sack you. That will be your pay. Why? Because a young guy somewhere has built skills enough to replace you two, three times. So don't just watch your life waste away because you're too lazy to build your skills. Because you're too lazy to get better. Even if you are a housewife, for instance, you're at home taking care of the family, carve out time, take courses, get better. Do something with your time. Get, improve your skills, learn something. Are you still here? So, I said, are you still here? Okay. Your ability is not enough. Your skill is required. So, I'm going to give you quickly 10 ways to get your skills, improve your skills. This is going to be very practical. Number one, read books. Listen to audios or, artic or read articles. Reading is fundamental. You have to be deliberate about reading. Instead of just randomly going through social media, develop a reading plan. Read in the area of your job. Read in the area of an assignment. Are you called into technology? Are you into business? Are you into children? Are you a mother? Read about the thing you're doing. Stop reading gossips. Read on the area of your field. There are many things in the internet now. Not everything concerns you. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes we spend our, our time reading things that are not in... in, in you see, one of, the, one of the things about this age that we are, it's called the information age, right? There's, a, there's availability of information. Now, what is required with the information age is information management. You now have to learn to manage which information is okay for me. Not everything. You, you don't have to read everything. You don't even have the time. Information is coming out in seconds. So you have to zero in. This is an area I want to build and develop it. You know, in, in my, Bible, my Bible course, there, there's a course that has to do with apologetics and defense of the Christian faith and all that. And I, you know, I'm just trying my best to get the course. I'm trying my best to get the course, buying materials and all that. See, I, I mean, two days back, I just sat down and just told myself, that, listen, there are so many areas in, 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 I mean, in terms of teaching of the scriptures. 
I understand the basics of this area, but this is not my core area. I mean, I'll, I'm not going to now stack my library with these books. In, in an attempt to understand it, I'm even getting myself confused the more. Now, the truth of the matter is, there is an area for you. Why don't you become an expert in that area? Praise the name of the Lord. So, dedicate 30 minutes a day to learning about your industry from thought leaders in your field. Take 30 minutes every day. Who is the best in my field in this area? And learn from them. 30 minutes every day. Or one hour every day. Learning from the best, the best in your field. I'm not teaching this regarding as it were to ministry right now, but I'm teaching it regarding your job, your career. Because apart from the fact that you're in church on Sunday and midweek, I mean, 75% of your life is spent at the workplace. Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. So dedicate how many minutes? 30 minutes a day to what? To developing, reading, learning about your industry from top leaders in your field. Number two, join a professional organization in your field. Is there a professional organization in your field? Be part of them. From there, you're going to learn things. You're going to meet people in the area of your field. Join a professional organization in your field. Some of the time you're using for cultural associations, you can limit those times and use it for professional development. I know that you want people to be around you when they bury you, but you must live well first before they get you buried. You can't just be living for your burial. You can't be living for your funeral <laughs> when you have a long life on earth. So join a professional organization. The, the problem with most of us, you want to join organizations where we don't pay anything. You cannot become the best in your field if you are not willing to spend resources to get your life better. You can't get most good things for free. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay, number three, take classes. Take classes. Attend seminars in the area of your field. If you're into banking, attend financial banking seminars. Don't wait for the one that your, your company will send you. You are responsible for your own life. You're responsible for your life. Use some of your leave. Instead of just taking leave and just chilling and just watching TV. We know you've worked out. Take some of your leave and use it to develop yourself. So I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm attending this course. Get better. It's for your own good. So take classes. One thing I have observed and is very important about the human brain is that if you decide to stretch it, it will stretch. If you leave it like that, it should be that way. If you decide to stretch your brain, it will stretch. So we can all get better. That's the good thing. We can all do what? Get better. We can become better than we are right now. In any field that we set our minds to. Number five. Number four, sorry. Volunteer. Take time off and volunteer in the area where you need to improve your skill. So, for instance, you need to improve your skill in a particular area. Look for opportunities to volunteer in that area. You see, practice is what makes perfect. Practice is what makes perfect. If you keep practicing, you get perfect. So, as you volunteer, you create an opportunity to constantly practice your gifts. Praise God. As you volunteer, you do what? You create opportunities to constantly practice your gift. 
we do not really have a culture of volunteerism in this part of the world. The reason is because sometimes, because of the poverty rate, everything is about money. If you just say, I want to volunteer, I say, how much are they paying people? You know, because we're used to being paid for everything. You, are, you belong to a political party, you go for a meeting, you expect to be paid. You, your political party has a rally, which is supposed to be the basic way of sharing the ideologies of your political party. They'll pay all of you to 2000 you wear t-shirt for your party, they'll pay you for the t-shirt you're wearing. And so you discover that, you know, this man says he belongs to this party, he's wearing this t-shirt today, they pay him 2000 The next day you watch him on TV, he's wearing the t-shirt of another party, and they pay because the truth of the matter, he does not believe in any of the party. He's just looking for a means of survival. So you can see one person with three party membership cards. And because we, we, we are almost by default raised in that in that in that atmosphere where everything is hustle everything is what can we get you don't even want to hear volunteerism because immediately you start talking about volunteerism then people are going to start asking how much are they paying you what are you getting how can you just so we're not used to that but sometimes it's as you volunteer that you improve your skill you you want to learn Maybe you're into cooking or something, you want to learn that. Why don't you get along with somebody who already has established in that business? Give them a bit of your time to learn and to get perfect with it. Now, number five, stay focused on the skills you're cultivating. Stay focused on the skill you're cultivating. Because one of the things I'm beginning to realize right now, I mean, it's, it's amazing, but I think we'll all attest to that fact, is the fact that we almost live in a society where everybody can do anything. So there's what we call multitasking. I'm, I'm, this is my own personal opinion. I think multitasking is just a mild form of distraction. So this one is doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, and at the end of the day, nothing comes out perfect. You can't do too many things. You can't be a businessman and this at the same time. You can't be this and this at the same time. You have to stay in one place. If you want to make a mark in this world, you can't make a mark without focus. Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. You can't make a mark without what? Focus. Stay focused on the skills you're cultivating. Everything that gets in the way of focus, deliberate practice is an enemy that needs to be crushed completely and destroyed forever. Whatever gets into the way of your deliberate practice, whatever distracts you, if the enemy can distract you, you won't, he, he, he won't have to bother about you anymore. Because you'll never achieve your goal. So, if you're cultivating a skill, focus on it. Focus on it. You know, focus is hard for people with ability. With people with talent, focus is hard because they can do many things. Especially when you can do many things and you can be good at, at them. You know, at a point in my life, I had to decide what exactly, because there was a point I was running, I had an NGO to young people and I was in ministry. You know, one day I just sat and told myself, so what exactly where where am i exactly you know i knew the call of god was on my life but i love the whole ngo feel and everything but i told myself listen you need to be known for one thing praise god you need to be known for one thing you can't do this and do that you need to come to a point in your life where you say for this one thing i do this is me and pour your energy into it number six Get a role model or a mentor in the area of the set skill. So is there a particular skill you want to develop? Is there a role model in that skill? Get a role model. The role model might not be living. When I mean living, it might not be somebody you need to talk with. For instance, you're interested in writing. You know, let's say, for instance, you're a Christian, 
novelist, you're a believer who wants to write fiction, go around, look for Christian novelists who who are well-versed in that field, get all their materials, get all their books, read it, and, and, you know, model yourself in that direction, get the best in your field and set them as a benchmark, and model yourself in that direction. If if there's somebody alive who can mentor you and make you get better, you know, I, I think one of the challenges we're also having right now is that we want our mentors to become our friends. And so we live in a very sensitive and touchy generation that even when your mentor, we'll talk about that in feedback, when your mentor wants to give you feedback, he's afraid of how you're going to respond. And once you're into such a, 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 a mentorship relationship that your mentor is afraid to give you the necessary feedback, you will never grow. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you following what I'm saying? You will never grow. So, get a role model. There should be someone you're looking at and say, this is the best in my field and set them as a target. It's been proven that people who have career role models usually rise higher than those who don't have any role model. So in that your field, in that singing, who are you looking at as a, as a singer, as a worship leader? Who are you setting? You know, that's why we, we made our, um, um, the church choir to start reading about Don Moyne. Just to have something in front of you. Just to have someone in front of you. Just to have someone that you look up and say, well, this is good. I'm not saying it should be your role model, but you just have someone that has, re- has raised the bar in that area. The same thing for ministry. Number seven. I hope you're writing all these things down right. Are you writing them down? Okay, because there are things you should practice. Just look at me. Learn to get good feedback. Learn to get good feedback. Why is it important to write when teachings are going on? Because it takes me time to also study to prepare these things. All right. So if it's taking me time to study, it should also take you time to write it down. Makes the equation balance. Number seven, learn to get good feedback. Be open-minded for honest feedback on your job or on your skill. Use feedbacks for improvement and self-development and implement feedbacks. When feedbacks are given to you, use them to improve yourself. Don't shrink every time. You know, sometimes you always run away from people who give you good feedbacks. You're always waiting for the guys who say, yes, man, you're the best. You know, I've, I've, I've seen that all the time. And I, I try not to do it because I don't, well, I've seen people do it. I don't really agree with it totally. Uh, especially for ch- churches that introduce their choir, right? And then they come, how many of you know what I'm going to text you now? There's the best choir in the world. That's not true. It's not true. You know, and then you hear people say, celebrate your own. If you don't celebrate your own, nobody will celebrate. You know, we can celebrate without actually telling things that are not true. We can, I mean, we all know they're not the best choir in the world. We all know, even you saying it. But then you find out, even in books, you find people writing things. You see, there's a, there's a very thin line between lying and branding and packaging. Because, I mean, you see someone who, a young guy starting out, and now write the best-selling author. And I'm telling myself, how do you call yourself the best-selling author? That's your first book. <laughs> do you get the point? So how did you know you are the best-selling author? That's your first book, right? That's the first book you're publishing. How many copies? 500. And yet you are best-selling author. How do you know that? And he said, brand yourself. No, I mean, I remember one time, we were still within the NGO world. I was still in the NGO world then. 
And I did something. They wanted us to go somewhere. So they said we should prepare our CVs and all that. So I did that. And uh, one of my friends read it. I said, no, 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 no. This one is not good. He now gave it to an one guy. That was what that guy, that was his job, actually. The guy took all the words, served and repackaged. They said, when I was reading it, I was asking, who is this? It's me. I was reading about, well, I was like, who is this? Change that, put a strong word here. I mean, it's wrong with all that. But listen, you have to also make sure you are not lying. In a bid to brand yourself, you just make sure you're telling the truth because honesty still pays. Amen. So people don't read whatever brand you have done and then they now tell you to finally show up and discover that the paper has more content than you. Is that okay? All right. So learn to get good feedback. It's very important. Learn to get good feedback. Number eight, invest time in your skill. This is, I mean, this is very important. Invest time. See, you cannot get better at anything you're not investing time. Are you following me? If you are not investing time in something, you cannot get better in it. Look at this. 25 to 30 hours gives you the basic level of any skill. 25 to 30 hours gives you the basic level of any skill. Then 10,000 hours give you global mastery. I know some of you who read a lot who know the 10,000 hours principle. To gain global mastery in any field, you need to put in 10,000 hours. Now look at this. To achieve 25 to 50 hours minimum to get the basic mastery of any skill, you need to spend 45 to 90 minutes three times per week for three months. So that means for any skill you want to develop just to gain the basic mastery, you need to spend between 45 to 90 minutes three times a week. And you need to do that for three months to be able to just get up to barest minimum of mastery of that skill. And then if you want to to global mastery, you need to apply the principle of 10,000 hours. So this is the way I put it. Why don't you dedicate one hour every day towards the skill you want to cultivate? Why don't you do that? One hour every day or 30 minutes every day. I want to improve in this area. I'll give you 30 minutes. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 30 minutes every day. And in three months, you discover that you've, you've, you've gotten better. Now the truth of the matter is that we all have this time. It depends on what we're putting it to use. Praise God. Are you still here? Are you learning something? All right. This is a quote by E.W. Kenyon. If you don't have the book, please get it. Um, we have copies in the bookshop. Signpost to the road of success. If you have not read it, make sure you get it. Make sure you get it. I'll put in E.W. Kenyon now. He said, it is the underdeveloped resources in your mind, in your spirit, in the inward man that counts. It is the developing of the writer, the thinker, the teacher, the inventor, the leader, the business manager that is hidden deep in you that is important. Another quote, no one else can train it. No one else can develop it. You see, why, why is it called self-development? Because you are the only one that can develop it. Nobody can do this for you. Nobody will improve your skills for you. Are you following what I'm saying? You all have to go back and take responsibility for your life to get better. You have to take responsibility for your life to get better. Now, I'm quoting it up looking now. It is the honest ability in you that is what why? Ability under intelligent mastery. Still EW Kenyon. What you have underdeveloped in you has no value. No one else 
either wishes or has the time to develop it. That is your business. It is practically your business to develop the talent and the abilities that are already embedded in you. Nobody's going to do it. One of the things I'd like to leave you with as we, as we wrap up this series is, listen, for you to become great, you have to own your life. You have to, you see, all the excuses you're, get, you're giving for not getting better are just excuses. Are you following what I'm saying? All the, ah, I don't have time to read. Ah, I don't have time to study. Oh, I just realized that, listen, we have time. All we need to do is take time from other things and give it that time. Now, look at this. Number nine. I'm done with AWKN. Number nine. This is me now. Set very specific goals for what you want to master and the improvement you want to see in your skills. Set a specific goal. Set a specific... Do you want to write? How many words? When do you want to start writing? You know, when you sit in meetings like this, or you, you know, I, I hardly teach this way, but when you sit in a meeting like this, man, you are fired. You go back home this night, you will not even want to sleep. You will just bring all the books. Ah, today we are reading. Today we are not sleeping. Then two weeks down the line. You know, how many of you know we had such an excitement coming into 2019? And man, this is the year. We're going to kill this year. It won't leave to see December. It's April. Some of us look back now. Bam, not one goal has been achieved. All the new year resolution, referendum, new year constitution, new year stuff. Some of us are even looking for the book that we wrote the new year goals. So where is that book? Where is that book? So both your goals and the book are missing. Then maybe around November, you're just sweeping carelessly one day. You just bring, the, ah, I say, man, 2020, final year. That's the problem. That's the problem. The, the difference between successful people and failure, failure is not because, you know, it's just their habit. Mike Mundock will say your daily routine, your daily routine. What do you do daily? What do you do daily? As simple as writing the things you want to do in the next day because you just watch. This is April. April is coming to an end. Four months gone in the year. And some goals will require 12 months. That means you cannot even achieve those goals this year anymore. They have to get into the next year. And ask yourself, what did you do with your time? If, the, if, the time, if what you're doing with your time is not improving you, it's getting you destroyed. Nothing leaves you neutral. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You can't stay in one place and say, this is how I was 10 years ago. No, you have actually gotten worse. Are you still here? How many of you have tried to learn to play an instrument? Don't raise your hands. But if you have tried to learn to play an instrument, you realize that you're practicing, you're practicing, you're practicing, and then you stop. When you come back, it's almost like you're repeating again. You're, you're not making progress. Why? Because you have to build. It's like when you go to the gym, right? You just go for the first, you know, it's like New Year. Everybody's have eaten all the Christmas rice. And, man, we're losing weight this year. No, we're losing weight. You go to the gym. The first time, they're begging you, stop. It's okay. Say, no, this year we're losing weight. They're there for like two hours, three hours. Then I say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You now go home. And you feel all the body pains and all the, the next day you just come back. Then the next day you just say, no, we can do it three times a week. Ah, what is it? After all, we're not training to become uh, Mr. Olympia. And then you just get tired. The next day, a friend just calls you during your gym time. Ah, why don't you come around and say, oh, I'm going to the gym. Say, oh, no, forget gym, don't worry. There's this tea I have. I've never believed all those things. 
there's this tea I have. Once you take it, you'll just be slim. The reason, I don't know, the reason I, I well, I, somebody needs to explain it to me. The reason I don't believe those things, I, I'm just asking myself that naturally, you go to the gym, you put in a lot of energy, you sweat, you do all of this and lose weight, and then you just take this one tea and then you lose weight. So I'm asking myself, what exactly does the tea do? Like, does it shrink? I don't know. How does it work? You know, nobody has been able to you just say, it works. It works. And then, bam. That goal is gone. You start taking tea, start taking tea, start taking tea. Start, you just realize that you are not moving. Before you get back to the gym again, what do you do? You're starting from zero. So why it always looks like your life is starting every year is because you're never constant in your habits. If you are constant in your habits, every year would be what? An improvement. But if you're not constant and consistent, every year will be what? Starting all over again. So this year you start to save, you start to save, and bam. Just someone's shoe. Bam. Money's gone. You start again. And if you keep living that way, you'll never make progress. Progress has to be consistent development. Somebody say consistent development. All right. So you have to set specific goals. What do you want to improve? Be specific. Don't be vague. Be specific. This is it. Set goals. Set goals. Have it there. Number 10. Build yourself a supportive environment. You need to organize your environment in a way that supports your goals. So if you are, for instance, talking about improving your writing skills, get people around you that like to write. My closest friend, uh, my, my closest friend, uh, 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 Pastor Paul, I mean, we talk all the time because we have almost the same, I mean, my going to Bible school today, maybe 95% was his doing. He kept talking about Bible school, talk, oh, fine. He kept encouraging, kept helping, kept, you know, it's like that. But if you have friends who maybe every time, I mean, I also I have some pastors' friends, every time they call me, they're like, man, uh, do you know somebody who can supply crude oil here? Uh, do you know whether they call it Bonnie Delight or Bonnie Light? Which of them? They say, ah, man, if you do two, two naira times one, I'm like, do I even know if there's oil around here? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, but you know, if you keep talking to those kind of friends, what's going to happen? One of the day, you're going to give it consideration. You start asking, how do they supply oil? Before you know, you say, oh, where is pastor? He's in waterside. He's looking for oil to supply. You, these things don't just happen. Do you understand? Before you know, instead of evangelizing and preaching to people, you even come here and start teaching business. 17 uh, ways to export. 16 ways, and you find it from the Bible, and Solomon had sheep. See, that sheep is oil. That sheep, it was oil. Yeah, before you know, I mean, you're like, ah, but this guy is not like this. No, he wasn't like that, but he had an environment that took him that way. Sometimes we don't know how powerful our friends are influencing us until we check our destination. You don't drift in one day. Are you following what I'm saying? So if, so if you are developing a particular skill, for instance, if you're developing a music skill, surround yourself around people who do what? Who do music. If you're developing something around HR, surround yourself around. So when you surround yourself with that supportive environment, what's going to happen is that you're going to constantly see how to get better. Set up reminders. Set up reminders. Use your phone properly. Use your phone properly. Set up reminders for your goals. Not just when to wake up. Let your phone remind you. You have a calendar in your phone. Maximize it. You have a notepad in your phone. Take notes. Do stuff. Put books and resources where you can easily access them. Get on the podcast. Download messages in your phone. Thank God in this ministry you have all the messages on WhatsApp. By the way, we got a very powerful testimony. Send us a message. Uh, somebody sent a message to someone. 
she listened on TV and got a hold of the message and sent it to some guys in Jamaica. And then they sent us a very powerful testimony. That's how the word goes. That's how the word goes. I know every week, literally, we have people from close to 10, 15 countries who listen to our messages every week as we send them out. So there are no more restrictions. Get the message. Get tonight's message. Listen to it all over and over again. For me, it's very simple. I can put a message on my phone and for one hour, I'm just listening to it. All right? Thank God we have Bluetooth speakers. Now, get in on your workspace. Get professional podcasts on leadership, on the things you're learning. Just get better. Listen, we live in a very competitive world. You have to raise your game. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of you realize for every job advertised now, you know how many millions of people come for that one job? Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So, there's nothing like you're irreplaceable. There's nothing like that. In fact, there are many people who are willing to take a pay cut to do your job. It's like, okay, how much are you paying this guy? Say 100,000. Say, give me 50. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. And so, you have to raise your game. You have to make, your, make sure that you are contributing enough value that your boss is not thinking of dropping you. Are you following what I'm saying? So that means you can't just go to work just to show up. No, you have to get better than showing up. Praise the name of the Lord. So, let's go back home tonight. Let's look at our life. Let's set those goals that will stretch us. Let's look at the skills we want to develop. Let's commit the hours. Cut down from some things. Commit to other things. And let's build from there. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just ask tonight that you will just open our hearts to areas where we need to improve and get better. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575 God bless you.